Ever finished reading a really good story and wanting more? Welcome to Editor's Cup, the podcast where we get into the extra material that didn't quite make it to the page. I'm your host, Sarah Wolak, and today we're diving deeper into Battle Cry. But first, a quick message. Angel AI delivers finance on demand. Get decisions on complex real estate financing scenarios with a simple chat message. No more delays or surprises. Just finance on demand at angelai.com. Today, I have with me Erica Drizwicki, the author of Battle Cry. Erica, welcome to the show. Thanks, Sarah. Happy to be here. So, Erica, right off the bat, what first led you to pursue this story? So, I had heard about the Tribal Trust Land Homeownership Act last summer. And I was curious about the challenges unique to lending in Native American communities. Mortgage loan originators are always on the lookout for their next potential borrower. And Native Americans, who were here before anyone else was, have just as much of a right to home and land ownership as the next person. It seems strange to me that there would be so many hoops to jump through in order to purchase or build a home in Indian country. How would you define Indian country? Indian country is a legal term used to convey the communities on native reservations and in the surrounding areas. It's actually widely widely used by tribal members as well. Indian country comprises federal holdings exclusively available to tribes, fee simple land owned in deeds, and inhabited by tribal members even outside of reservation borders. When you first started the interview process for this story, what was something you learned that surprised you? I was surprised to learn that the Bureau of Indian Affairs does not have one central office or headquarters. The agency instead operates in countless smaller regional offices throughout the country. Not only would this legislation establish a realty ombudsman to bridge the gaps in communications with tribes and lenders, but it would also provide these groups access to the BIA's trust asset and account management system used to track title records. For a federal agency with almost 5,000 employees serving 574 federally recognized tribes of more than 2.5 million members, these actions seem long overdue. Yeah, and it seems like there's a lot of built-up confusion, too, especially with all of these operating in several countless smaller regional offices. Um, Just for those who might have not read the story or remember what the Tribal Trust Land Homeownership Act is, could you tell us a little bit about the act? Um, Since you mentioned that if it was passed, you know, it would provide these groups access to the BIA and stuff. Sure, Sarah. So what this act would do is it would basically make it more efficient to lend home loans on tribal trust lands, which are owned by the federal government and held in a trust for tribes. And it would also establish um, a better process as far as taking in applications and It would institute deadlines for completion of those applications and processing, as well as a lot of other pieces that would make the process more efficient. Yeah, earlier you said there was a lot of hoops to jump through in order to purchase or build a home in what you called Indian country. Um, What makes home lending on Native American reservations uniquely challenging in that regard? 
Great question, Sarah. The length of time it takes to get an application approved for mortgage financing, number one. There's a backlog of recording title reports due to the fact that documentation has to be processed through BIA offices, which basically act as a title company. But the bill is aiming to address this by implementing those deadlines for document processing and response times. Also, HUD's Section 184 program hasn't been updated in 10 years. 10 years? Why do you think that is? I think it's just the bureaucracy. Um, It's created something else entirely. What's one thing you think that people may not know about living in Native communities? The lack of infrastructure on reservation lands is significant. Less than half of homes are connected to public sewer systems, for example. Not only does this pose a challenge to people wishing to live there, but also the lenders handling loans. Although Section 184 was intended to increase capital and access to homeownership on Native lands, the layers of bureaucracy have created inefficiencies and delays. Wow, truly shocking news, honestly. My last question for you, Erica, is that this story has a really profound title, Battle Cry. Why did you choose that and not something else? Sarah, I thought of Battle Cry after interviewing the lenders who are familiar with Section 184 and all of the difficulties that people have, you know, getting into homeownership on tribal lands. And it just spoke to me as this is a struggle, this is a battle, and this is a plea to get help. Absolutely. And it sounds like your article raises awareness on what the difficulties are of living and buying, especially in Native communities. And that's all for Battle Cry, which appeared in the December 2023 issue of Mortgage Banker magazine. If what you've heard today inspired you in some way, please consider leaving a review and subscribing to wherever you get your podcasts. The feedback we receive directly impacts our future content and inspires us to dive deeper into the stories we tell. Head on over to nationalmortgageprofessional.com for more. This has been Sarah Wolak for The Editor's Cut.